Hey, you got Frank with the Everyday Sniper. I'm here with Kyle from MDT, the maker of those great chassis, and as well as with Matt from uh, Legacy Sports. Or you guys here in the U.S. know it better for Hawa. Uh, Matt sells and brings the Hawas into the U.S. So I got both these guys on to talk uh, their rifles, talk the chassis, what's coming up for Shot Show, and and you know looking back at the last year with all the new releases. Everybody's putting out uh, the great new a ACC chassis that MDT's doing. Uh, so we're going to just jump right into it. Introduce uh, Kyle and Matt. How you guys doing? Good, man. I'm uh, happy to be on the podcast. Thanks for having us. And good as always, Frank. Good to be on. Yeah, I haven't seen Matt since SHOT Show. Kyle, I've talked to on the phone. We just got one of the ACC chassis over here. A uh, huge update in your chassis. I mean, you guys, uh, with, a lot of people may not know, and you want to go into some background, uh, Kyle, with uh, you OEM a lot of chassis. You put a lot more chassis out on the market than people realize. Everything from sort of lower end all the way up to the new chassis with every bell and whistle you can think of. So uh, give the listeners just a quick background on MDT and what you guys got going on in the most recent uh, you know, things that are happening. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we've been making chassis uh, for uh, quite a while now, 10 years next year. And um, uh, this year, uh, pumping out a lot of new products, um, like, like we promised we would. And uh, I think the, the newest and greatest is the ACC chassis. So we've never been uh, big in the, the PRS and NRL world, and, and we wanted to change that this year. So uh, we talked to a lot of the top shooters and, and, and uh, listened to a lot of uh, people's opinions and what they wanted to see in, in a competition uh, style um, chassis. So we came up with the ACC and uh, it's been out for a little while now and a lot of different guys are shooting it and uh, we've had really good uh, reviews and feedback and uh, we're really excited about it. It, it. This chassis really hits every mark. Uh, most people when they think of PRS, NRL type competitions, they, they look at the MPA chassis in all the little things it addresses. I think your ACC does the you know same thing uh, right around the same price, a little less money depending on where you ramp it up with accessories, but everything from the weight system you guys did, I mean, all the way down to uh, don't take away from the fact that now you have 12-round AICS magazines, which eliminates the need for to pull the bottom off and get the extension. Uh, in a lot of these competitions with the two-round holders and everything, that's because they'll go outside of the mag limit. Most mags are 10 round to that 12. And you guys addressed it and, and nailed it with the 12 round mags as well on top of your chassis systems. Yeah, no, for sure. Like we, uh, that's kind of neat. So on the, on the, on the mags, um, the 12 rounder is actually the same length as an AI 10 rounder. So you're not gonna, you're still gonna have the clearance that you need and you're gonna have those extra two rounds. And actually, in 308 and 6.5, you can actually fit 13 rounds. So it's uh, definitely uh, been a big hit, and uh, and uh, we're excited about that. And then also on the on the ACC, the weight system um, that you can use for that on the fore end. You don't need to remove your barrel to action. You can slide weights underneath the barrel by just taking the end cap off. And we have the M-lock weights you can put on the outside, and the buttstock weights. So it's if you can make that thing like uh, there was a. A 308 rifle that I shot uh, a couple weeks ago that a guy I checked out, uh, Buck Holly, and uh, he was pushing 29 pounds, which is, of course, is the extreme side, but it was like shooting a little 22. It was, it's, it's awesome. 
and, and that's the direction these guys are going with some of this stuff is they got those six millimeter calibers and they're adding as much weight as possible. I, I talked with some guys um, recently, you know, that 20 to 26 and like you said, 29 pounds. That's where a lot of guys were going. And, and with this, the same thing, uh, just coming from Canada, shooting with the Insight guys, uh, I was just up there myself and it was, um, they had the straight taper on the barrels. So they're doing almost everything they can to increase the weight, but it's not just increasing the weight, it's balancing the rifle. They're trying to get that center point balance and that's where uh, your system comes into play with the ability to go the M-lock to slide it inside the chassis, front and rear. So you have all these little advantages to help that shooter balance the weight. So when they drop the rifle on a barricade and it goes on the game changer bag, you've, you've now addressed the balance into the center point. Exactly. And, and also this chassis, it, starting from the ground up, we like integrated it into the build. So it wasn't an afterthought on an existing chassis. It was, you know, built in, it was designed for it. So it, it's seamless and, and it's awesome. I know I'm talking with Matt here. He shot that past weekend at the, I think it was the Blue Ridge Steel match. I let him talk about how that balance on the barricades and stuff. Yeah, Frank, so I uh, was uh, shooting actually with Josh Bosa, one of the uh, engineers. We shot the uh, Blue Ridge Giants Jakes match up here in Washington. And uh, it was my first big match. I just got that chassis, so I, I uh, you know, assembled a rifle, this factory, how about, uh, uh, factory action trigger. And then uh, ended up a uh, 26-inch trigger on that with a can. So my total weight was around 21 pounds. I didn't even run any external weight, so that thing was pretty balanced in the center where I like it. And uh, it was just the, the recoil pulse on a 6.5 was just laughable. So shooting different positions and stuff, you could really work in some awkward positions and uh, really spot impact. So correction super easy, you know, picking which part of the, part of the plate you want to run. Um, it, it just super easy. We, we shot some really interesting stages, uh, but that chassis made a difference. Like the upright palette, uh, that one kind of haunts people. Uh, different logs and stuff like that. It really made the work easy. And, and having that uh, forend with the Arca built in was, was super slick when you're running different size um, barrels and logs and just different size stuff. Flying that bipod around the fly is, is key to saving time. I totally, I mean, and, and and that's the other part to hit on too, is is you put in the really right stuff dovetail or the Arca Swiss as some have calling it into the chassis the aluminum gives you that ability so you don't need an an aftermarket product it gets put right into the edge of the chassis it doesn't interfere with your hand it doesn't get too sharp or cut on you anything like that and it allows you to slide all that stuff plus gives you a flat mating surface for the bottom for the bags and the barricades and the different obstacles and you know combine it with with the how a barreled action i'm sure it just shot lights out for you yeah, it's, I have no problems with accuracy or reliability. That's for darn sure. I'm one of the few guys actually running a factory action and trigger it at the matches. It's kind of funny, but I'm able to plug and play rifles pretty easy and swap stuff around. I don't have any issues, any trouble feeding or anything. I just what uh, said flaws. I've been running the uh, NDT Max for close to a year now. The, the 10s and the 12s, the 10s are awesome because they're a little shorter. So you have like a prone stage or something like that or an awkward barrel stage. You can actually do mag change and stuff without having to go into too much labor to it. So, and the feed just Awesome. So I've, I've run a bunch of different magazines, different stuff, AIs, accurate mags, the magpole and stuff. And these MEG ones actually feed incredibly smooth with six, six five, three oh eight. So that's pretty awesome. 
Uh, I know a lot of people. Go ahead, Kyle. I heard a guy at a, at a, at a match a couple weeks ago. He, said, he called it the, the new magazine, the Chevy Small Block. You know, the, he re- referred it that way on the reliability. And uh, we're excited to hear that. And then also, it was like, I think an episode I listened to, uh, you put out, I think episode 103 was, you talked about rifle adjustability. And you talked about the need for an adjustable grip that can move forward and back so you can get your, your trigger finger on that. Um, trigger is perfect. And, that's something that we've integrated as well into this new ACC chassis is that uh, adjustable um, forward and back adjustable. Uh, um, um, losing my word here now, but yeah, uh, no, I get yeah. totally what you're saying. Uh, more adjustability means more comfort for the shooter. Better to that. So you guys have the straight grip now that you're doing. Uh, you have that vertical grip that you, you've now included. And now what what uh, what uh, Kyle's saying, and I'll, and I'll translate just a little bit, not that you need it, but the grip distance from the trigger can be changed. I've spoke about this, like he said, several times, where for smaller or larger hands, you want to be able to move that grip forward or back. Um, you see it with trigger shoes now. A lot of these trigger shoes are adjustable where they'll slide the shoe forward or back to get that perfect marriage of the trigger finger and the 90-degree trigger finger angle. Well, the grip is another part of that, and the ACC chassis allows you to adjust the grip. Young shooters can grow into it. If you're a bigger shooter or a smaller shooter and you find the standard offerings don't fit for you, this is how you make the adjustment so it fits you better and you're not compromising your hand position. Uh, super smart. And, and then I also want to get into the back of your uh, chassis, the stock, the adjustability you put into the, the part of your stock that mates to your shoulder and your cheek. Uh, a, the ACC has all that adjustability you're looking for. That's right, yeah. And then also, right, like... We focused on everything on that, even the small details of on the guide pins, um, lasering um, numbers and lines in there. So if you're changing, you have to change your, uh, your cheek piece height from a stage to another stage, you know exactly where to go. Like some guys just run a Sharpie and make a little mark on there. But we, we really wanted to hit everything on this and really took a good hard look at every aspect on what can we do to make this absolutely the best um, we can. And, and uh, so we put a lot, a lot of time into that and we're, we're proud of what we came up with. Yeah, it's super impressive chassis. I, I have to say, in, in your price points right in there with your basic features, you're right around a thousand bucks retail for most people. And and then even like with, with Matt there in the how. And now Matt, just quick uh, for my brain, just to make sure I'm working right this morning. Isn't the how a bit of a medium action? No, we're still we're still uh, well, we have three action sizes, right? We have the mini, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, and then we have the uh, short. And then we have the, the long, and the long is just long action slash magnum. So um, we, we're running three action sizes. So I, I just run a standard short action for all of it. Okay, okay, yeah. So it's just that then uh, I was just didn't know if it went in because with that uh, sort of the Weatherby DNA to it, I know I had to go to a different base uh, to get that, and it seemed a little longer to me. I, I was just trying to put those two pictures in my head. But no, that uh, to me, like when when I shot and did the review on the Hawa, it had the MDD chassis straight out, and my only kind of like you know downside and and really you can't call it that was the forearm was a little shorter than I normally like it. But then the ACC solves that. You marry these two because the Hawa comes with a nice long barrel. Uh, a lot of times guys have to compromise barrel 
length on some of these, like the Tika's a 20 inch, unless you go to the more expensive models. But you're in the 24 and 26 inch with your 6.5 Creed's uh, right out of the gate without it being a special order. Yeah, so, and, and that's kind of the beauty of the, the house system right now is, is uh, you can go on Brownells and order the barreled actions from them and assemble it. And then the, the ABC has a house inlet now, obviously, I'm running it. Um, so, my issue in the past has, has been not enough weight with some of the rifles I was running. So, this, and, and you can't tell from people running them or, or pictures or anything, but that, that long foreign on the ATC is actually a bunch of weights in that that you can tune yourself. And they're, they're just held in there by a series of uh, tapered screws. And then, um, you know, you can adjust those weights on the inside and outside. So a lot of people want to see those weights inside. So I actually ran my rifle to see pictures of, of me from last match. Um, I'm running just inside weights, no outside weights. And it's, like I said, it's 21 pounds with a decent barrel on it. So, and, and perfectly balanced. So uh, you throw it up on a, on a game changer, on a barricade or something, and it's just, it just sits there. In, in, in on Kyle's side, super smart going M-Lock, making your weights work within that system. So if somebody has something else, they can go to you guys on the accessory side and buy the weight systems and just put them on the outside of almost anything M-Lock. That's correct. Yeah, I actually have some, um, some, uh, some top tier shooters actually contact me and ask for the M-Lock weights to run on their uh, non-MBC non chassis. Um, so they could, they could weigh it down. So yeah, you can use it on anything. And that's the same with that vertical grip. Um, that, that's an AR style uh, interface. So if you're running it at someone else's uh, chassis, it'll still work out. And, and, which is awesome because it's a smaller vertical grip, which I like. And, and when you're thinking for guys who are listening, a lot of guys listen out there with their kids and stuff like that. I kind of found some of the vertical grips on the market, especially the ones that want to put the thumb shelf on them, become... An, a right-handed grip only and a little too big for small shooters where they have to choke up pretty hard on them to get around that thumb shelf because the thumb shelf to me is just a little too large for the the, the, the smaller and younger shooters, even women, where your guys, you went straight with the grip and they could just float the thumb to the side and, and you didn't put anything grip-wise in their way. Yeah, that, that's correct, and, and, that, and that's what we thought of when we built it, right? We wanted to make sure it works for everybody, So, and, uh, and, and it does. I mean, it's, 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 you see little kids using it now. I know one of our customers, he sent him a photo, and God was like nine years old, and then uh, his dad went to go shoot the rifle afterwards, so he just loosened up the shoes a little bit, moved the grip back, tightened it back up, and, and he was good to go. And, and you're probably, if, if you mix, if you go to Brownells, like Matt said, and you put the chassis together, and even if you start off on the lower end, just out of the box, you're sub two grand, aren't you? With the two of them together, if we're even if we said eleven hundred dollars for the chassis, what's the barreled action at Brownells, Matt? Isn't that pretty pretty inexpensive itself? You're ballparking five hundred bucks. Yeah. See, it, it, so so you're you're like on on the worst case scenario, you're like eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, and, and turnkey ready to go. And it's, it's interesting. So I went to go spend a bunch of money on a, on a custom barrel and action trigger because I wanted to build myself a new rifle. And uh, so I was going to be dropping around like $3,000 just on that and maybe a little less, but around, around there. And, uh, and then I went out to Albuquerque, New Mexico a couple of weeks ago and shot with Thomas Gomez. And uh, he had a bunch of barreled actions. And we were shooting out to Howard barreled actions. And we were shooting out to 1,800 yards, 6.5. And we had four to five hits. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I dropping this much money 
Imagine you'll get a hollow barrel action for 500 bucks, and, and for the type of shooting I do, I don't do a lot of competitive shooting. It'll, that, that's perfect. You don't need to go spend um, um, four or five grand on a rifle. Uh, totally. I mean, Thomas, I know Thomas Gomez, great dude, uh, another writer, industry guy. I, I've, I've shot some ELR stuff with him, and, and I know he's he's local with Matt and works really hard at him. I found the Howa uh, action and 6.5 Creed and all that. I shot it with a variety of ammo. It was very consistent from, you know, different types of ammo. I not, You know, it it at the time, the Prime wasn't the best, you know, groups out of it. I think Desert Tech's... Uh, was the best I shot desert tech six, five Creed more, but I mean, just they were all within the half an inch and it was really just which one went a little bit to the next level to like three eights, but accuracy wise on the Hawa, it's totally turnkey ready for somebody, even with factory ammo. Um, and just imagine if they hand load with it, they can bring that, that accuracy down even further, but it was, it was totally competition ready out of the box. No, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great option. I think for guys, as the rest of NRL grows, as guys get in, uh, guys get into the sport, um, I, I think it's important for them to know you don't need to go spend um, all that money just off the get-go. Like, start start small, you know, yeah, you can work up and get a, a custom action later on, uh, but you can do just in, in, the, in the start there, you can do just fine with that. Uh, how about action and a, and a chassis and, uh, and stay under sub two grand? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't see any reason. And it's funny, I just did an article uh, last week for uh, Friday for the new year uh, for, for Gun Digest. And, and I had said in that article, you know, get training, do all this stuff that we talk about, marksmanship and, and this, but shoot like three matches as a new shooter before you commit to spending too much money or jumping down the rabbit hole of gear, go to at least three matches, whether they be local or national, and learn initially, then build a list. And by the end of the third match, that list is going to change from what you read on the internet and what you thought to what actually becomes practical need. And, and it saves you a ton of money that way. And, and I think MDT's right in there. The how is definitely in there, and it, it's it's a great leg up for guys without spending a ton of money. That's right. Actually, I heard a quote from uh, Scott Satterley, one of the top shooters, a while back, and he said, "The guys that ask me about my gear and money, he goes, I'm not too worried about. But the guys that ask about my practice routine, he goes, keep an eye on keep an eye on those guys because they're the ones that are going to be." Um, moving ahead, and I think that's a, a trap a lot of people fall into. They go after the gear before they go after actually putting time behind the rifle. Yeah, totally. It's it, it's it's he he's a hundred percent right. Worry about the guy who's asking about drills, and not the guy what's what reticle he has in his scope. You know. Yeah. No, we we see that a lot. So um. We'll go over to Matt because uh, we want to talk. You were talking the mini action, and I did notice you guys are getting into the twenty-two lane, right? Yeah, so we've got some pretty cool stuff happening uh, on the Howl line. Um, mini action's been a uh, big project of mine. Uh, it's a really super capable little action, um, very versatile. So it's uh, for those that don't know, it's a an appropriate size action uh, for say two twenty-three. 65 Grendel, 762 by 39, 300 Blackout. Um, we just released 300 Blackout, which is super fun. 
Um, not not so much for long range shooting, but it's just a cool little little plinker. And run substrate is just a, is a riot. Um, so it, it's super fun. We're, we're working on projects. I mean, everybody that asks us for 24 Valkyrie, I can tell you that's something I'm working on right now. Uh, it's just a matter of time for that. So we'll, we'll work into it. We got we got a uh, we got a variant coming uh, with a, a three weight bolt face in it. So we're looking at doing some branching out some other calibers too with that mini. So it's an appropriate size action. We actually have a big project going on um, with MDT right now on, on making a new chassis and, and appropriate magazine for it. So it's going to be super versatile. Yeah. So so on that. Like MEC is all about helping people shoot better. We want to we want to come up with products that improve your shooting experience, but also for something you can afford. So we started out a, a new brand actually uh, called Oryx. Uh, if you go to oryxchassis.com, you'll see it there, and it's a complete chassis with buttstock and grip um, for $3.99, and you're ready to go out of the box. And so we teamed up with uh, Legacy Sports and Hala, and they're going to be the worldwide distributor for that. Um, so we'll have chassis in that for the Howard Mini in a different um, in the different inlets, and we're also making a, a new um, uh, magazine for that for all the different calibers. So we're we're excited for that. So definitely keep an eye out um, for that. And and that's something I want to touch on uh, and let you kind of recite a little bit for everybody out there. But uh, MDT supports a heck of a lot more action types in rifles than your average chassis out on the market. Uh, you know, so it, it's one of those sort of universal uh, uh, solutions. But go over some of the different types of rifles that you guys support with your chassis systems because that's a big thing. I mean, a lot of these lower-end rifles uh, show up with the Tupperware stocks, the, you know, the lowest injection-molded garbage throwaway stock. And moving up to a chassis helps with the the rigidity, helps with a little bit of accuracy, no flex, things like that. And then you go into the marksmanship side as you grow into a more expensive chassis. But talk about what companies your chassis supports. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so for example, um, we support, of course, Remington, but then you have all the other stuff too. So the, the 783, which is a low-end rifle for guys to get into, the Remington 783, the Model 7, um, the Savage Short and Long, Savage Axis Short and Long. Uh, we support Tika. We support the Mossberg MVP, uh, the Mossberg Patriot, all the Hawa stuff, Ruger American, um, the Ruger M77, and Chitz model uh, 1771. And then also we support a, a bunch of different uh, the Rimfire um, rifles, so the Ruger American, the CZ-45, Browning T-Bolt, Savage Mark II, the uh, Anti Smash 54 and 64, and then the CZ 452 and the CZ 452 American. So there's a, a big long list there, and and uh, and uh, it, it kind of goes in with our philosophy that we want to really help people shoot better and, and for whatever rifle that you have at home. Huge list. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where if if somebody's out there listening and they have an older or kind of non-standard rifle action sitting there you know, collecting dust, odds are you guys make a chassis for it and can probably do a barrel swap or something and, and have a viable system out of something pre-existing they didn't realize was supported by the industry. That's correct, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and uh, it's yeah, also like if, if you're not sure, like contact our support line or message us on Facebook or Instagram. We'll get back to you really super quick and we'll help you the best we can. Even if we don't have a chance for you, we'll point you in the right direction to see if there is a solution for you. Um, and, and also, I would say to your listeners, take advantage. Right now, we have free shipping until the end of December. Uh, we have the Black Friday sale coming up soon where we're going to have crazy discounts on magazines, but also some overstock uh, chassis. So uh, just a little nugget there to, to, to be aware of um, for if you're looking for a chassis for your rifle. Nice, nice. Now, uh, Matt talked about he's got some st- projects on the burner. Do you guys have anything you're going to release big at shot, or is it not quite – we're just kind of going to do a little bit more of what we're doing and maintain. So I've got a couple big things that I can't release a shot, but I can tell you it's going to be a very interesting year for us because uh, we've got a couple of things that we're working on that are just kind of, uh, they're huge, you know? So uh, we're going to, we're going to roll out some pretty interesting things that people are going to kind of like, wow, where do you guys come from? So uh, look forward to that. I'm sorry. It's not a good timing right now because we're in the finishing stages of uh, wrapping all that up, but You'll see some pictures and stuff from me, um, some things that I'll be shooting in matches and stuff like that, so you'll see it firsthand. Um, also, if anybody's going to be at the, the Guardian match there in um, Arizona, December 8th, come find me. Um, I'll be there shooting with the NRL guys, so uh, come find me. I'll, I'll talk to you about rifles and stuff and, and show you some cool stuff. So, Oh, that's awesome. And, and uh, 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 kind of back story on my side of things. For about two years now, and he probably doesn't even realize it, but I, I noticed just enough to be dangerous, I guess, as a way of putting it. But for two years now, I've noticed, and, and I've t- met with Matt at SHOT Show, he's he's really dug deep and he's positioning himself and legacy to address all the things the current shooters are looking at from the match side of things, the the, the, the you know, the, the mini uh, matches, the local matches, the bigger matches. But, you know, the, the, the rifle systems that are the most popular right now, for two years I've watched Matt sort of spin around the globe and he, he's collecting data and he's getting ready to jump. You, you can see he's a snake coiled up over there. Yeah, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a fun the last couple of years. I've really, so I, I transitioned from doing marketing system or product development. So my official title is uh, director of product development, so it's, it's been able uh, I've been able to uh, kind of uh, look at market trends and actually listen to people. So I, I participate in a lot of forums. Um, it's, it's a great bed to get uh, feedback, some good, some bad, which I'll take it all. I don't care. Um, so I've tried, it's been a huge asset to us. I participate as much as possible, but I travel a lot, so it's kind of hard. Um, there's some other great forums out there that have gotten a ton of a ton of feedback on, so it's propelled us to uh, new projects and really really open our ears and seeing what's going to work for people. Um, so it's been super fun going to matches, meeting new people, uh, working with new shooters. I love working with new shooters. So having having good solid products to do that has been has been key. Running lots of ammo, um, and, and I, I really I can't stress enough how much I go out and abuse use an abused product before I'm okay with releasing it to, to the public. So it's kind of like fire insurance on that. Someone's beating crap out of it. So um, I have fun with it. Nice, nice. And in in MTV, M, yeah, MDT has been that steady improvement all the way down. And so I, I, I can imagine it's, it's probably difficult for you guys considering the number of OEM chassis you do for other companies out there. Uh, it, 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 it's, you know, to kind of keep on progressing, keep on moving forward, it's got to be a pretty good juggling act for you. 
It, it definitely is, but it, it's it's a fun juggling act. We, we we love it here, and uh, I think what we what we do best is we listen, you know, to to the industry and see what they're saying. So we're constantly progressing. We don't ever want to be like now we're good enough. You know, we always want to be okay. What what's next? What can we do? What can we do better? Where is there a hole in the market that we can um, that we can address and we can help with? Um, and just staying humble and working hard. Nice. No, that's that's the right attitude to have. I mean, and it shows, uh, you know, not only from the chassis side, but the accessory side of things. I, I think, uh, you know, from my perspective, it's it's a nice to look at that. You're not falling down on one side. You're making it affordable. You're giving everybody all the options. And then you're not saying to somebody, uh, just go over there and buy that from so-and-so. You're pairing all these things together. So... Your solutions work for you, but at the same time, they're working for other people too. And in, in, in that you're not making it proprietary, I guess, is, a, is an easier way of saying it. That you're looking at best practice and you're putting be- best practice into play. That's right. Yeah, for sure. And also just accepting that sometimes you, like we came out with a muzzle break, I think, two years ago. And the consensus was that it wasn't a good break. Um, so we went back to the drawing board and we realized that we accepted it and we came out with something new and Matt's been shooting that break for a while. Last now let you speak to that, but I just, I think it, uh, is a testimony to MVP that we, we listen and if we say, Hey, that's, that's not a good product. And we go back to the drawing board and we admit it and, and make something better. And in that way, progress forward and come out with uh, great products. Like for example, our folders, we came up with new folders this year as well. Um, um, for the ESS chassis, but also just as a standalone product. Um, double locking and single locking for a lot of time and extra into that took us, I think, almost two years to get it out. But now we now there's a good product available. So, well, and, and but I'll, I'll let yeah, better, better, better the delay than an inferior product because that's what puts the nail in people's coffin when they come out a little too soon. They haven't thought out the product, and and, and you know there's always going to be some tweaks made, and that's why we have so many gens of different things. I mean, optics are, are the, the big one. We, you know, we about the gen one, gen two, gen three, so on. But, uh, with the chassis system too, because you know, the, the engineers say, well, we could do it this way. And then, you know, you might get a comp guy that says, well, if you just did it like this, it would be that much better. And then you go back and go, Oh gee, if we just thought of that. And, and so it's smart to, to take your time and to listen to what the shooters are saying. Well, if you look at if, if you look at products, let's say, look at the last six years, right? We look at products and how the how the uh, industry as a whole has been evolving. It's been it's been kind of uncanny. Look at your advances, right? I mean, it used to be back. We, we were just talking about this over breakfast this morning. It used to be, you know, not too long ago. What was your only option to run if you want a chassis? It was AI. Getting one was extremely hard. You've talked, you've gone a great length about AI and you know you know waiting lists and all that and prices and stuff like that. So. Look at your options now. It's, it's it's unreal. So everyone's doing their take on everything, but at least everything's evolving. We're getting past the uh, the fud mentality of things, you know. And that, I think that's been my biggest pet peeve with the industry is, is we're still kind of hung up on the fud mentality of things, um, and and that, that the the myths that don't that are perpetuated that don't hold any water anymore, you know, things like that. So we're we're finally kind of morphing and moving along. It's a painful process, but at least. We're going out in stride and, and making changes to to move along. Uh, it was kind of the running uh, running joke at this last match between me and the rest of the squad. Uh, everyone would ask each other, you know, what's your dope for the stage? We talk to each other because most of us are running either six five or three eight. It's kind of a weird match, but 
uh, every one of us would just say, you know, we're going to just hold six inches over the target. You know, it's like the whole old hunting mentality. of like, yeah, you just hold six inches over the back and send it, you know, hold center. So it was kind of funny, but I'm glad we're moving past that, especially in this uh, precision rifle world. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it, it's, it is evolving at such a high speed. I mean, when, when Kyle was just talking about breaks, no, you would think, well, have CNC, make a break, no big deal, what's it, throw a port here, a port there. But the movement on the rifle is not only 360 degrees around that barrel and break, but it's forward and backwards too. And now you start combining uh, you know, the vectors and the angle, and it's not as cut and dry to make something effective as it may seem. You know, with the brakes, the brake wasn't where we wanted it. Some people say, well, it pushes me down a little too much and takes me off target. It pushes me to one side more than the other. Oh, why don't you turn this angle a little bit? But all these little things then become part of the process because it is just, it's not front back. It's 360 round front and back. Yes, I've been running. Uh, I've been running that new uh, elite break on several rifles, everything from 223 up to 300 Win Mag. Um, and and man, I I've I sure been enjoying shooting. I I shoot a lot of suppress. I like suppressors, but when, when I run breaks, this one's done an amazing job keeping the rifle perfectly flat. You'll notice it too when you're in um, kind of awkward shooting positions where you're not you don't have a loaded bipod, right? So a lot of times with different breaks or your position's a little bit off you're going to get that kind of reticle bounce, right? So round goes off, you, assuming you have decent follow-through, that, that reticle is always kind of kind of move a little bit up and down, um, and then the recoil, the twist rifle, is going to push you off to one side a little bit. But this brake does an amazing job keeping you nice, straight, and flat. So you get a nice, perceived, straight-back recoil impulse, which is actually pretty enjoyable. Nice, yeah. And, and, and that's what you're looking for, you know? And, and with the 6.5 Creed, that's where you want to do it because the six millimeters and this other stuff barely move as it is. But the, the, the six, five Creed out of the game today is going to have probably the biggest recoil that guys are looking at. And you know, if it's effective there with a heavy, then you know, it's going to work out for you. Yeah. You know, I should have six, five, probably thousands, thousands, thousands of rounds, you know, whether it's that matches or uh, testing product and stuff, just to go to caliber. Um, but for big field matches, I, I definitely take uh, 6.5 Creed with me for score range stuff. I'll rerun in either that 223 Ackley or uh, the 6, 6 Creed or 6x47. Um, I still run cans and brakes and stuff, but for the uh, big field matches, definitely a 6.5 with a brake on it is the way to go. You can start to spot your trace out of distance, spot impacts, awkward field positions, stuff like that. Working off tripods as well. Um, it, it, more and more people, obviously, are starting to work in a tripod. They, they don't they don't quite have the skill. Uh, it's not practice enough. You know, people buy a thousand dollar tripod and they don't really utilize it. You end up watching struggles through clock. Um, and then they don't take into account the rifle at all, uh, working it, working it in. So running that break is pretty nice because it's pretty forgiving as well. Yeah. It, it slims. It's, it's a variable. We're kind of trying to take it out uh, of the situation. And, and something I recommend people look at, that um, the guy just did the YouTube video showing the shock waves uh, of the bullet in the in the shadow graphs, and and he's using that that parabolic mirror and running the light back and forth, and then they're they're shooting across. They shot a fifty cal, they shot a three hundred blackout, and a two two three, and they shot muzzle brakes, and they were kind of showing one other thing in the handgun. 
when you look at the turbulence and they started playing around with the position of the the muzzle on the video because they they at first they were showing the shockwave and the movement but then they wanted to show when the bullet cleared the turbulence well that turbulence throws the bullet off if the brake design is ineffective and you can totally see it in this guy's video and i know it was kind of running around the internet uh within the last uh, week week and a half and i watched it excellent video to see that visual of the bullet shockwave and just all it has to deal with coming out of the rifle. Yeah, and that's, that's something people take account too. They, they think they can throw anything on the end of a muzzle and, and switch it up. Uh, I've, seen this, I, I've actually seen this right at zero day. It matches, right? People show up and they slap a new muzzle device on there and they, their load doesn't shoot the same. Or, you know, the zero shift is pretty bad um, and they, they think that they can get away with it. And it's just not the case. That's so pretty cool to see some actual science behind it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 putting something on the end. It changes, you know. Not all these products are created equal. It, uh, the muzzle brake kind of goes in the same vein as the suppressor in terms of offsets and shifts and turbulence and things like that. It just doesn't have the sound side of it. But anything you might see with a suppressor putting it on the end of a barrel, you can see with a rifle it's just not necessarily as much weight related as it is the design and the harmonics and then the 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 turbulence that it creates so uh it, it's it's definitely something to uh look at and when you t when Kyle's talking about you know going back to the drawing board because some people are seeing something they may not like but that's part of the equation that brakes can have that big of a, an effect Exactly right. Uh, you, you, you nailed it there. So Frank, let's talk about trends for next year. This is, I, I've been dying to talk to you about stuff. This is usually a conversation we have at SHOT Show, but we'll, we'll have a little premature. What, what are you seeing for next year? What's, what's going to be the ticket? Um, well, the lighter for sure. Uh, when you're looking at like the 22 Creedmoor, I, I think if they get their CME spec and we see ammo for that, we're, we're going to see trends towards people going lighter caliber heavy rifle just like we're seeing right now i don't think that's that's run its course yet for the straight taper 20 inch rifles um i i, I do think the valkyrie's gonna start seeing uh some some use the the more we see guys push it the more we see guys hand load for it the better we're gonna see the results uh come for it, it it's the same i look at the valkyrie in the same vein as the 6.5 creedmoor when, when 6.5 Creedmoor came out, you had all the calls of it being a fad. You had all the um, the negative that was wrapped around it. And then, you know, once this year the Army said, hey, that's a direction we're going to go, then everybody chilled out on that. And now those same attacks are going Valkyrie-ish. But I think we're going to see short, fat cases, smaller calibers to where they're, they're pushing it to the speed limits they can without the recoil uh it, it seems everybody wants to get rid of get rid of recoil um i i competition wise i, I can't really say because I, I think right now some of them are in flux with the new changes to prs uh with shannon taking that over nrl is going to be consistent uh I, I i think you can count i know nrl's picking up a bunch of matches uh for for next year ones that were prs will now be nrl uh, so that that'll be interesting. 
uh, gear-wise, man, but it, it, it's got to go now towards that adjustability and marksmanship. And what I see the chassis are starting to do from the MDT side of things is begin to look a little bit more like an Olympic rifle. So I, I'm, I'm seeing that trend start to move with the MPA and with the MDT, and, and they're getting to look a little bit more like a Walther 22, you know? Well, it's kind of crafting it for the sport, right? I mean, obviously a traditional hunting stock's not going to work for Olympic shooters, so they, they, they came up with some crazy stuff. Well, that what looks crazy, but it's actually, like, amazing to shoot if you ever get to step behind one. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it hit on the NRL PRS stuff. Uh, Howell, again, will be in, uh, in, in the NRL series sponsor, so uh, you look forward to more rifles on price tables for the NRL. Uh, love that organization. Love travel with them. Um, it, it's been a it's been a huge benefit to us. Uh, not only you know getting back and uh, having fun with those matches, but uh, the feedback's been amazing. Uh, being able to run some side match stuff, get with rifles, meet a lot of cool people. Just uh, it's been it's been very welcoming. So if you haven't had the opportunity to try out a uh, an NRL match in your area, I definitely recommend you do it. It's a little different uh, environment, but it's it's definitely amazing. Very very warm welcome to and especially in this year. Very welcome in this year. So uh, it's it's pretty damn cool. My, my only downside with them, and, and I've talked to them about it, is I wish they had a little bit more in the terms of um, classifications to, to, so everybody wasn't in the same pool. I get that some people will rise to the occasion, and, and it's nice because NSRL small in a way, so it's not that kind of glaring right now. But I think as they expand across the country by opening it up to more people, it, 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 to me, it's the downside of the PRS that makes makes it more front-loaded, where I think NRL does a better job on the match director side, and, and that, I, I just wish they they were a little more spread out for people who, who want to spend less money and want to come in, but don't feel the need to have to spend the three to $5,000 on the equipment, the dashers, to compete. We know the pros are going to have to have to grab it every millimeter they can where the amateur may not have to, but I just like to see those guys recognized a little bit more, but that's my, I mean, that, that is what it is. No, you're right. And I've seen, I've seen uh, new show up with, you know, bonus stock gear, you know, it, it, no support equipment, anything, but I will tell you that in the same sense that that same shooter shows up with a, Remington 700 308 with not even a rear bag, just a, a rifle and ammo. And I guarantee you in five minutes, he's had five, six people show up, talk to him, offer to share gear with him, get him on a squad. I'll help you out with your dope when calls. Like, I, I will help you and you learn and, and we'll excel together. And I've also seen a number of, of brand new shooters come out with bone stock gear, walk away with a free rifle action or a cool custom rifle build or, or at least half officers to do so. So it's actually pretty cool they recognize that. Yeah. And also what NRL is doing with the NRL 22 series. And, and so young kids can go in there and shoot these matches and, and set themselves off for 10 years, 10 years from now. Um, I think, I think that, that kind of stuff is awesome what they're doing there. Uh, the 22 put them on the map, man. That, that stuff was so good. And the way they support, I mean, if, if you have a hundred yard range somewhere, you can call them up and say, Hey, I want to do a 22 NRL match. And those guys will, will, will hold you by the hand walk you through and make sure it's successful. All you got to do is ask. And and to me, that's that's the, the biggest difference between them and the other series is that 
you know, if you said to them, hey, how do I do this? They'll grab you by the hand and do it with you. In all honesty, Frank, I think I have more fun shooting the 22 matches than I do the, the bigger bulk on series stuff. I swear, it's like no pressure. Everyone's just there in it to have a good time. I'm not spending a bunch of money in ammo. I mean, I have my little Lisco LA-101, you know, 22. It's just it's stellar. And, you know, drop a couple targets here and there, whatever. It doesn't bother me. Not like a big match. So it, it's just super fun. And like I said, you got, you got nine-year-old kids showing up that are just ripping on turrets, hitting targets off 100 yards. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's the it's the right way to go. It was smart. It, 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 like I said, it put them on the map. I don't think they would have had the growth they have if it wasn't for the 22 league. But the fact that they did that and it's helping the other side of them, I mean, good on them for doing it. You know, it, it was it was it was the right direction to go. Um, and, and I think it, it shows that that, you know, just how big the 22 I actually want to do. A 22 circus match. I, I've mentioned it in the podcast before where it's more of a carnival, you know, kind of like um, y- y- you're going to the, you know, shoot the star and that kind of carnival stuff just with the 22s. Uh, you said you said today I'll be there with products. I will be there with rifles for everyone to use them, man. You, you let me know when. All righty, man. Yeah, I definitely want to do that. It, 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 I talked to him. I got a guy who's going to like fabricate like props. Cause I, I want, you know, like, you know, shoot the, shoot the, the targets out of a gorilla's hand and, you know, or something. I, I got to get some props up, but I've definitely been talking about doing one on my range here and, and doing a big little circus match where I'll be the match director in like a little, uh, 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 PT Barnum, you know, tucks and tails kind of thing. <laughs> That's good. I mean, it goes well with your heels you wore that one time, right? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, I, 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 I feel- what about you and those heels? I wasn't sure what to think about that, Frank. Um, Explain that to me. That was uh, Maxine. So Maxine Nix is a, a PRS shooter down from the um, Georgia area. And her and I had shot uh, different things, and we always goof around and do something silly. So we had shot together. Uh, her husband's there, and he kind of you know sits back and let us just be kind of goofs. Well, at the Guardian match, and she saw that I was going to be at that Guardian match, and she said, hey, what shenanigans do you want to do? And I said, well, I don't know. What's the choices in shenanigans? And she said, well, you could do this, you could do that. And she brought up that the girls down at like K&M, Core, and in those places in the Southeast, that the, that the women shooters were starting to wear high heels for the barricade stages because we can't reach the barricade, the top. <laughs> I've seen some creative solutions, you know, standing on the bags and backpacks and stuff. But that was that was pretty good. Well, I have my bag. I have a trouse bag that's actually 18 inches long for the barricade stage, the skill stage, because I can't reach even the kneeling correctly. I have to be off even on the kneeling. So I made a longer bag to bridge the gap between my knee and my elbow for the kneeling stage. Well, then when I go to the standing stage, I drop the bag on the ground and it's 18 inches long. So it's wide enough. I can get a wider stance and stand on the bag. Well, then Maxine's like, well, hey, just do the high heels. So then when we get to the barricade, to the guardian match, there was actually no barricade stage because it's not PRS or NRL. They didn't have a skill stage and there was no barricade stage. So 
after that, I, she was like, well, there's no barricade stage. What do you want to do? I'm like, well, did you buy the high heels? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, well, give them to me. I'll wear them. You bought them. So uh, the one question comes to mind right now, I wonder if American Rifle Series would allow that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the satire yeah they're they're i i kind of know who did that they're beating me up satire wise because i'm i'm i although i've never said you know go back to the gunny hathcock way of doing things um it, it, it it's yeah the american rifle series it might might want to do it yeah i mean you can't i mean satire is funny man i i saw that and it's just funny how, like you read through it, and, it, and some of us can pick up that it's, you know satire and stuff, and, and it kind of surprised me some people aren't catching on still. Well, because I'll tell you why. Because they're hungry for a change, and they would gravitate to something that changed the status quo. And in a way, NRL solves that. It was changed from the PRS way of doing things. They didn't like what they saw there, so they moved to their own. But then, you know, they kind of fell in line in a similar vein because you got guys who, who, you know, the top PRS guys are also the top NRL guys because they're shooting both series. And it's just the way that the, the, the series is positioned regionally. But, I mean, if somebody came up with a change, I think people would jump on it because they, they do see that it's not nearly as inclusive as it's billed to be on some levels. Uh, and, and, and they just want to make it a little bit more open for everybody. So you think there's a big rivalry here? Is this what it's boiling down to? Oh, I know there is. They don't like each other. I, I've heard, and I won't repeat what I've heard, but I mean, I know there's definitely a, a some sour grape and rivalry and, you know, why they don't necessarily mention the other's name when they talk about each other. They, they avoid the name because they don't want to promote it. So there, there's definitely a, a, a bit of rivalry going on uh, uh, that way, uh, which I'm, I'm almost surprised hasn't translated to a competition side of things. But that, that goes to, you know, the, the bit of the dislike. Hey, so, so are you alluding to uh, the idea of a Super Bowl or a World Series of rifle shooting? Um, yeah, I wouldn't call it that, but I, yes, uh, t- where, where, you know, the AFC fight, you know, goes against the NFC. Yeah, man. Ground, middle ground. Yeah, but I don't think they, other than the top guys who do jump the field, the, the, the Southeast guys won't, who don't, won't shoot NRL and who are invested in PRS won't support the other. So you'll get some of the, the the top guys from the southeast won't uh, transition to to play. Yeah, for sure, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean it's 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 competition, just another form of it. And unfortunately, the competition breeds a, a dislike in a way. You know, it doesn't have to though. Like for example, uh, um, NBC. Uh, um, we're, we're competitors with someone like MCA, but we respect them. They make good products. Uh, I know Phil. I talk to him once in a while. I think, I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I, I think sometimes it just goes that way. But you, I think it's just important to uh, um, to respect each other. Yeah, yeah. But it was it, it it started out in an ugly way. So I think the ugly carried over because I know there was some guys that weren't happy. Um, you know, even on the sponsor side, guys who had paid into PRS 
didn't see the return on investment because they weren't a, a marquee type of company and then went to NRL to sort of regain that 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 equal status because they they felt they were being artificially suppressed. Yeah, fair enough. You know, but I you guys, I mean, I think staying neutral like you do. I mean, you come to our match uh which is the team match up in uh you know, Carl Taylor's stuff up there. I see you guys all there. Uh, you know, you you work your areas regardless of whose match it is. I I I think the companies that are equal opportunity are are definitely much better positioned for changes than companies that only want to support one side of the equation. That's right, and that's what we tried to do too, right? Like you said, that ACC chassis we came out with, it, it, it's starting to look more and more like that, the funny Olympic stuff. But then we also have chassis for hunters, so like our HS3 chassis, the Hunter Sniper 3. So we, we hit that market segment, and then we hit the, uh, the guys that don't want to spend all that, that's a thousand bucks, that want to only spend 500 bucks, and, and they just like um, planking in their backyard and aren't into matches. So we have a solution for them as well. And, and I think that's, that's how you're successful, is if you hit every area and you, and you work hard at it. And I think that's where uh, MDT is, uh, is always pushing towards. And, and you guys bring up a good point with the hunting side. I think the hunting side, is, as I've seen an increase in the wanting to cross over on the hunting side. And it, it's, it's interesting that competition is going to 20 plus pounds, but the hunting guys want that crossover at the 10 pound zone. And at first, I, I almost thought it would go to lighter, almost like the Q fix and lighter in that direction. And then it seemed like it, they changed their mind and went to the 20 pound side, more like F class and bench rest. So it, it, it's weird that there's that, but the hunters are really seeing the benefit from the tactical side of things to not only learn their equipment better, to get better accuracy without having to go the Magnums. And we know like the six, five Creed is still capable for North American game. And so I, I'm, I'm interesting It'll be interesting to see where that middle field plays out. That's right, yeah. And, and so that's what I need to with like the weights too. So I think, I think we have the lightest and the heaviest chassis now on the market. Uh, I think our LSS chassis comes in between 1.3 and 1.6 pounds. And then you can move all the way up to 15, 16 pounds on the ACC chassis when it's all tricked out without a barrel uh, and asking him to the scope. So um, it's definitely... Uh, Two, two complete different directions. And and I think you guys were smart the way you did that. I mean, when I opened the box and saw the weight system and the whole thing, I was like, this is the way to do it, is, is to address the weights that y you have such a, a, a large amount but a small amount at the same time. You you, you have a lot of, lot of small weights that you can add to it, um, you know, systematically. And that way there, if a guy only can afford that one rifle and he wants to cross over, he could pull all those weights off and do it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. If you want it, you can just empty all the weights out and, and go coyote hunting on a Saturday or on a Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday is your match. You load all the weights back on and you're, and you're rocking. Yeah, I mean, that's that's to me is going to be a, a, that crossover direction. I always try to look at the crossover side of things. Where does it fall into? You know, can a guy go F class? Yes, he can. Can a guy go hunt? Yes, he can. And and that with with, with the um with the ACC there, it's it's definitely something that can cross over to these other disciplines. 
And when you can, when you don't have to buy three different products to do, you know, three different weekend activities, I think the end user wins. For sure. Yeah, and, and that's at the end of the day who, who needs to, to win the most, right? The end user, those are the guys that allow us to do the jobs that we do and, and, uh, and have as much fun as we do with the end users and uh, supplying them with good products. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I think so. And, 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 and you guys are doing that, man. You're, you're, you're digging down and you're making a really good product at, a, at an affordable price with the flexibility to meet more than one situation. Yeah, and, and be modular, which is, of course, in our name, uh, in, in every aspect. So even if you uh, don't necessarily run our, our chassis, then you can still run our other accessories or, or, or vice versa. So it's really set up that the shooter shooter wins. Uh, no, definitely, definitely. Uh, you, you, both you guys, from, from the legacy and Howa's side of things, I, I, I see positive growth. And, and the MDT has just been a, a steady... I mean, you, you, your your numbers all have to look like a right angle from the beginning, and, and it's something to be commended. I appreciate that, Brian. Thank you. So, no. So, what else, you guys? Hit me up. We're we're coming up close to an hour with you, uh, with both of you there. Uh, you know, anything I didn't touch on, or you want to tell the guys out there listening, uh, you know, what's coming up, or or something that they may not be aware of. Uh, you know, let's educate the let's educate the listener. Yeah, I guess I want to touch again on that, that new brand from MDT, Oryx, with the Oryx chassis. Um, straight out of the box, 100% ready to go. It'll be the, uh, the cheapest option on the market, uh, but still have a great quality um, that Legacy is distributing. I don't know Matt's been shooting the chassis um, for a while already, you know, Matt, if you want to touch on that, but we're, we're proud of that project, and, and I think it's going to do uh, really well, uh, especially for guys just coming into, um, into the, that market. So the cool thing uh, about the Oryx setup is it's monolithic, right? So it, it's one and done. So you're not having to source a chassis and a buttstock and a grip and, you know, and then plug and play. It's, it's, a, it's a one and done, done chassis system with uh, a, a very, very, very palatable MSRP on it. So your, your retail pricing is, is going to be right at 399 Yeah, right? 399 And uh, it, it's just, it, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of blown away what you get for your money. Uh, that's what how we've always been about. So we're we're going to be building rifle packages on that orc system. Uh, the mini is getting uh it's getting a complete make built makeover, uh, new magazine system and all. So looking forward to that. Um, and then yeah, obviously the short action stuff, and then we'll be selling some other inlets as well. So uh, it's a, it's an awesome system. And then uh, I know there's a website live for it. It's going to be orxchassis.com. So uh, any information on that, you can just www.orchassis.com and look it up and I'll be releasing some more stuff on our social media platforms as well I know MDT will about it doing some videos and some shooting and stuff uh, next match I'll have one with me so um, we want to check that out just just uh, find me yeah we're, we're going out this afternoon and shooting them as well so we're, we're uh, definitely getting close to a full on uh, release on that and we're excited about it and also one thing I forgot was our uh, our new hybrid mag so it's a three way hybrid mag so um, metal feed lets polymer body has a window on the side so you can see how many rounds you have left. Uh, we showed that already at shot uh, in January and we still haven't come out with it, but we just want to make sure it's 100% before we uh, give it to uh, um, put it out in the market. But we're really proud of that project as well. Watch out for that. Awesome. Yeah, we need a, we need a, a better Valkyrie mag too. So if you guys are on that, like I have the metal ones for the AR platform and I load them 
uh, kind of like a head stamp down. So I make sure the mag is stood up. And when I put the rounds in the, the metal mag, I'm using the uh, PRIs, I think they are. And um, I always load the, the Valkyries with that head stamp down because they want to slide inside the mag too easily. We need a dedicated Valkyrie mag. What about a dedicated platform? Yeah, that too. I, I, uh, I Honestly, I... I know guys were poo-pooing the bolt gun side of the Valkyrie. Uh, Brian Whalen, if you listen to the last podcast we did, he's getting 3120 is the accuracy note he found for the 80s. Um, he got him up to 3170 out of a 26-inch barrel. and uh, But the, the accuracy wasn't quite there, and he was pushing it too hard. He brought it down to 3120. And he says the accuracy is phenomenal. It's not beating the brass up in any way, shape, or form. It's a good load. And at 3,100 or you know 3,100 feet per second for an 80 grain bullet, hello. No, that's screaming. That's, and that's a lot of fun to shoot too. Definitely saw your uh, video shooting out the mile. I man, I, I'm having a little uh, Valkyrie built, and uh, I think we try the same thing. Shoot this factory 188 stuff. So I'm excited to give that a, give that a try. Yeah, and and then what. I made that from him from my MDC. Um, it, I can't say a, a ton about it yet, but it's uh, something's in the works there. So nice, yeah, you guys. I, I I would I wouldn't doubt you guys are on top of it. You seem to have your finger on the pulse of each side of this industry, and and like I says, it shows with how many people OEM uh, your chassis system, and then you know just the the, the your own development. And, and, you know, what you touch on. You looked at the marksmanship side of things with the adjustability in the grip, the adjustability in the stock. You looked at the, the competition side with the weight systems and what you're doing there and and, and then addressing the Arca Swish and really right stuff part of it. You know, on top of the magazine system to go 12 rounds instead of 10. I mean, y- y- you've hit on all these little micro gaps that are within the industry. Yeah. And we have to thank the industry for that because they gave the feedback so we can make the changes, right? So we, we don't say we have, we have expertise in house, but it's the industry that you have to listen to that makes you better. And I, I think that's what we're most proud of is that we listen and then we go back and say, okay, let's, let's do these for these guys. Nice. No, that it, it shows, it, it definitely shows. And, and when you look at, you know, where you are today, to where you started, you know, like you said, almost 10 years ago, you, you can see that you're listening to the industry and, and, and that's to be applauded. Thank you. All well, right, Matt, guys. Anything else you want to add? No, I'm, I'm, you know, Frank, um, like I said, we got some exciting new stuff that we're going to unveil at Shot Show. It's going to be very interesting. Booth moves this year will be uh, upstairs, um, kind of centrally located. So uh, anybody going to Shot, come over. We'll also be at uh, Range Day, too. We'll be running that Range Day booth. So uh, confine me. Uh, we'll have a good time. Show you some new products. So uh, it's shot show is fast approaching. The busiest week of my life. So um, look forward to seeing you there, Frank. Yeah, definitely. Well, you'll my definitely boy. see me. Um, both you guys. Uh, and, and it's just so people can go and look. Uh, it's Oryx chassis, right? O R Y X. Is that how you're spelling it? O R Y X chassis.com. There you That's go. Right. And, and, and they could check out the, these these inexpensive chassis. I, I, I want to thank Kyle and Matt for coming on the Everyday Sniper podcast, talking legacy sports and Hawa, talking MDTs with the chassis and accessories, uh, competition side of things, industry side of things. 
I've been keeping an eye on these guys in in sort of a quiet way, uh, you know. But it, it's it's clear they're 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 getting much much bigger out there and in and in very positive ways. And, and thanks for doing this podcast. I think it's awesome for the end user to to be in touch with you interviewing, uh, talking to us, and talking to different guys. I think it's it's awesome what the content you're putting out. It's uh, definitely good for uh, everybody. Yeah, thanks, Frank. And just just uh, listeners out there, just know that there are companies listening to you. So uh, just uh, know that your feedback is much appreciated. For sure. No, everybody, you guys are you guys are outstanding, and I will definitely be seeing you all at shop. Have a great one, and we'll catch you guys next time.